you lovely humans. Welcome to Red Voices. Thanks for paying us a visit. My name is Ewan Lennett. With me is Rich Can, and I think we'd all quite like to shoot this last week into the sun from a United perspective. But since we haven't invented that technology yet, uh, let's chat about it instead. Rich, there are many things that I'd rather be doing with my night this evening. Reading a book. I hear they're all right. Watching The Good Place. Coming up with names for my toes. But here we are, back in the saddle on one of our crazy Saturday nights after United's 2-1 loss to Huddersfield where things suddenly feel distinctly uncomfortable. Yeah, it's been one of those results that's looked like it's been coming, from my perspective. I don't think we've played particularly well since the Southampton game. That, that game in itself was kind of the, the, the epitome of the ugly win, which we, we've always said title-winning teams need to be able to do that to, to win titles. You have to win those occasional times when, you, when you're playing badly. But United have, um, with the exception of the Crystal Palace game, which again wasn't well, I don't think it was an amazing performance. We were just playing a terrible team and you know, played reasonably well. It, all of our performances since then have been very under par. And this last week, for I think various reasons, have been kind of the culmination of, of that declining form. You know, I think there are, there are various reasons for that, but it, whatever the mitigating factors are, today was a pretty humbling result. Yes, yeah, humbling result and performance really, wasn't it? You know, in these sort of situations, it's very, I mean, it's very easy to be reactionary, put it that way. But I think partly because we are dealing with such a combustible man in the hot seat, there's this added layer of anxiety about the whole situation for me because we've seen Mourinho go through these motions before and we're all distinctly concerned and worried about what happens when these things start to crop up, when he starts to talk like this, when he starts to flirt with other clubs and, you know, go back on the things that he said about staying at United for years and years if possible. Just all this mess that we've had this week. Going back to the Liverpool game, whilst I don't, I would never brand Mourinho an enemy of football, I don't necessarily, and whilst some of the criticism that went United and Mourinho's way in the aftermath of that nil-nil draw at Anfield was merited, I don't necessarily think it's fair to brand him an enemy of football. And I do wonder how much of what we've seen this week in terms of his candour in the press has been influenced by the fact that he got absolutely rinsed and knocked from pillar to post for the way United went about their business last Saturday. And whilst I do think it went overboard, as this criticism often tends to, you know, sometimes with Mourinho in particular, the thing is, United were really, really bad at Liverpool, weren't they? They were, and I think you have to look at it in the context of what what had come before. <clears throat> so even taking the Southampton game into account, United had played relatively relatively attacking, quite dominant, um, very incisive football for the whole season to that point. And we were going to a game against the Liverpool team who were in poor form without their best player, without Adam Lallana, who whilst he's the greatest player on earth, I think he's quite integral to the high pressing that um, Klopp likes the Liverpool team to do, and it's, it's been said a few times this season that the number of yards or miles, whatever they're running this season, has dipped quite considerably. <clears throat> Their back four is just bobbins, and if ever there was a team and a time to perhaps be a little bit more aggressive in, in approach at, at Anfield and at, at a game against one of the sort of traditional powers, then I think that was probably it. I'm not suggesting for a minute we go out, went out, and we gung ho. But what we really saw was pretty much what Mourinho essentially intimated to at the end, which was that you know we were just trying to keep it tight until Klopp opened out in the last 20 minutes and then try and beat him. And of course, he, they didn't open out. We, had, we made one chance ourselves 
I mean, just a Lukaku's chance, which but I mean that that was completely it. And Klopp didn't, you know, let's not Klopp didn't risk either. But I think you know Liverpool was certainly the more aggressive team, certainly the more um, attacking team, even if they never really let go. You know, they certainly came closer or, or had more sort of close opportunities to to scoring rather than really clear cut chances. Even if you're Mourinho and you're thinking, well, it's 20 minutes to go, we've kept it really tight this whole game, and Klopp isn't opening out. What do I do? This this team. This Liverpool team are there for the the taking to a degree. Do I do I go for it myself? And the reality was that he didn't really use the weapons he would have used if Klopp had, had had opened up. But obviously they weren't the right weapons for the situation for a situation in which Klopp wasn't opening up. So you know the game just really died a death. It felt like in isolation, it felt like a missed opportunity to beat a really wounded, weakened Liverpool team. And in terms of the season. We've been so offensive and so you know so enjoyable to watch, and it was really an enormous return to the stereotype of Mourinho, which we were kind of start starting to forget. And it was pointed out that in Mourinho's last nine away games against teams from what are now the top, you know, what we consider to be the top six, his team, his teams that he managed, going back to the last, I think the last two games that he had at Chelsea as well, his teams have scored one goal. I get why. Mourinho, to a certain extent, went as cautious as he did at Anfield because he is a very... He's worried about losing these fixtures. I think it's it's seemingly the case. And it's similar in the way... You know, we've seen this enough times over the last few years, haven't we? You know, Van Gaal used to do this quite a lot in the sense that you try and make United quite compact. You know, we, we pass the ball a lot and we wouldn't necessarily create a hell of a lot and it'd be reliant on the one chance that we got. Lukaku got that chance and he hit it pretty much straight at Mignolet. Either side probably would have seen us get the goal in front of the cop in that first half and we would have seen a markedly different game. And, you know, did we barely even register a shot in that second half? You know, we were so out of it. We just, you know, you can't really give the excuse of travel coming back from the international break. All right, it's never the best to be playing the lunchtime kickoff on a Saturday when everyone's coming back from international duty. But at the same time, we just looked like we were playing on a satellite delay, didn't we? We just didn't have it together. And, you know, a more incisive, better drilled and more functional side would have beaten us on a day like that. And I guess there's definitely an element of saying, thank God Liverpool went on it. And, you know, you thought, okay, you know, this is not a great result. And ultimately, it wasn't that much better to watch than last year's uh, very, very pragmatic performance at Anfield a year ago in a similar circumstance. You know, Ibrahimovic had the one chance, we missed it. That was pretty much it. But what continued on on Wednesday night in Portugal wasn't... I mean, look, you've got to look at it on a couple of occasions. Yes, we won, but... Just about, and that was one of the most awkward performances I've seen from United in ages, in absolutely ages. So many duff performances. We just looked like we were playing drunk. It was incredible. That game, it was basically a case of one team playing badly and one team playing absolutely heinously. We were the team playing badly and Benfica were heinous. You know, they've clearly got far wider issues this season. They're struggling in the Portuguese league. They've, they've essentially, from the from the team changes they made, essentially given up on the Champions League already. I mean, the stadium was what half empty at best, um, and clearly the fans have as well. So we went into into a game with an opponent who'd really not given up because obviously, if you bring in you know you bring in a few younger players, you bring in different players, they're quite motivated to do well. So from that respect, it wasn't an easy game. And no win 
in Portugal is an easy result. But by God, we'll never face an easier Portuguese team away than that. Um, and as you say, I mean, I, I made the the point on social media during the game that you know I thought I thought Nemanja Matic was absolutely exceptional in that game defensively and going forward as well, and so poor were the rest of the, most of the other players around him that I described I basically described it as the pro footballer dad at the school fathers and sons football match. <laughs> you know that's what he looked like. He was the best. He was the best player on the pitch by a mile, hundred miles. Um, I think Rashford did well in the second half, but aside from that, I think it was bilge. You know, United were off, repeatedly offside. Lukaku wasn't holding the ball up. Mkhitaryan's descent into, into I don't know what, into oblivion. That you know, that was pretty much the worst game I'd ever seen. I've ever mm. seen from him, and just nothing was functioning. Nothing functioned at all. I, I, I gave credit afterwards to Lindelof and Smalling, who I think did their jobs pretty well, but I don't think they were dealing with very much. And I think it was just a. It was, it's one of those games where you go, yay, we've won away in Portugal, and that's you know, traditionally a really good result. We're three wins from three in the Champions League. We, ha- we can't really complain, although deep down we can see there are a lot of problems there that we don't want to think about until another day. Essentially what we came away from it with. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it, it, was, it was United winning a game that was very pleasing to win and one that was very valuable to win, but it was essentially shit on a stick. Yeah, I think we were definitely lucky in the sense that Benfica looked terrified of losing to us which was uh, in some ways such a strange sensation because we were clearly just not on it for the majority of that game you know we owe a great debt to one rather shaky and unfortunate 18 year old goalkeeper you know Seville are taking just misjudging Rashford's free kicks so horrifically as to carry it into the net bless him you know it, it one of the things that I found a little bit puzzling and perplexing about the post-match uh, press conference that Mourinho gave after that game as he was talking about United essentially always being in control in that second half. Now, admittedly, yeah, we didn't really come under much pressure in that second half. We did solidify a little bit more. We started to pass the ball a little bit better, hold on to it a little bit better, and start to build up some genuine chances. But we didn't... Well, no, let me rephrase that. We started to build a little bit better, but we weren't really cutting Benfica to shreds, were we? You know, we weren't creating a hell of a lot we were still struggling to break them down and the goal came with a gigantic slice of luck and I would not have had a complete 100% confidence in us getting a goal if that Rashford free kick had not gone in I think we did very well to come out of that game with a 1-0 victory you know 0-0 would have been okay we've had a terrible performance fair enough it happens let's just go on to the next one and see how we go because ultimately as you said there three wins from three in the Champions League group considering how much we've struggled in Europe over the years is well especially over the last sort of four or five years that's great you know we are now going to be going to the match at Benfica in about 10 days time knowing that pretty much if we win we're through to the knockout stages and most likely going to top the group and that's great that's something to be pleased with and something to be satisfied with we've gone about our business so far in the group moderately well despite that performance there but the problem is, is that some of the alarm bells that were ringing as a result of that performance on Wednesday night are in full force today in comparison with what we've seen. You know, just the way that United went about their business, the lethargy all across the team. And we just never truly got going. You know, what, 70 plus 75% possession today? Still struggling to make chances, still not really with it, and still looking like we're short of confidence. We're not 
stringing passes together like we were. We were chucking balls into the box and seemingly missing both Pogba and Fellaini, you know, in the sense that we needed a bit more creativity, we needed a bit more presence. The thing I can say most about that game that was concerning was that when Rashford scored that goal, or by the way, we'll come to the the goal itself later on, but excellent cross from Lukaku. But when Rashford scored, he thought, right, this is a moment for United now. We've had a bit of a rough week. We don't want to be too reactionary, but at the same time, if United can scrounge a result after this performance out of this game, having gone down two goals so easily against the promoted side, that will be something of an achievement. Yet it won't still be a great performance, but to come out of this game with a point would be great considering how much we've laboured at it. And what you wanted to see United do in that instance is kick on and show some fight. And it just, again, that certainty that we're actually going to perform in those instances and those circumstances is just lacking a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there are, I think there are so many strands to this to this game today. There's no doubt that players we've missed through injury ha, have enormous impact on on our form. I mean, Pogba, you know, we knew at the time. I, mean, I kind of said a slightly melodramatic text to my friend, but essentially said, "Look, I think that's that's United season circling the drain as he limped off against." against Basel and you know it was meant to, it was meant slightly in jest but but the reality is that in terms of creativity the drop off behind Pogba is monumental and we've seen today with Herrera coming in that he's a very different player he's you know when you see him next to Matic you realize how indisciplined he is how he flits about how he can have really really effective games but he's he's neither a amazing at cre- in creating and or amazing at defending which I think is why Mourinho never really trusted him as the holding midfielder last year and the whole balance of the midfield was gone today and if you think Pogba got injured and so plan B was was Fellaini which actually seemed to work you know we, we managed to tailor our game around this enormously tall guy who can chest the ball down and, <laughs> and, and, and head it in and that worked as well but so we had a plan A was Pogba our plan B was Fellaini remarkably and we don't have a plan C. There's no distinctive plan C. And I think that's what we saw today. And you look at that squad, and I think there are six, maybe six players in that squad that if they get injured in any given position, we're screwed. I think De Gea is obviously an enormous one. Baye and, really Baye and Jones. Um, obviously Jones went off injured today and that was, you know, directly led to the goals to a degree. Pogba and Fellaini and Lukaku and I think if you lose maybe two or three of those at one time then we're really struggling because the drop off to the players beneath them is enormous and the fluidity and the effectiveness of the team just just withers away so if you bear in mind we were missing both Pogba and Fellaini today by from the start and Jones from I forget forget how many minutes in we were but for most of the game we missed Jones that's essentially four of our what I call our six key players and to, in, as to what our identity is. If all those players are fit, we've got a really strong spine to the team and I think you can get away with a lot with that strong spine. But when that spine's gone, then it exposes how ineffective we are on the wings, how ineffective we are at getting behind teams. We, you know, we've, we spoke about this at the start of the season. We lack any genuine quality on the right-hand side. You know, we, Matter isn't ever going to be a get it to the byline and cross it winger. He comes inside and, and Valencia's delivery is pretty wretched. Well, how many times in that second half did we see Valencia was completely isolated on that right-hand flank? 
you're mm. completely right. You know, it is just a lack of quality on the wings, in particular in these instances when we are trying to stretch the play that's causing us some serious issues. And bless him, I do feel for Valencia because again, he was one of the guys who actually did work hard and kept trying. You know, there was some criticism I saw of him in terms of the captaincy. You know, you sort of what your captain out there gene players up and being a bit of a presence and talking to them and that's just not what Valencia does and you know I get that to a certain extent but I wouldn't chuck him into the banner of players who had an absolute stinker today but the problem is is that that sort of group is unfortunately quite small isn't it you know not many people covered themselves in glory today and you know again it's another game where Lukaku ended up quite isolated you know he had a half Decent chance in the first half, and that was well saved. What an absolute peach of a cross. You know, how hilarious is it? Romelu Lukaku, six foot plus, absolute goal getting machine, delivers the best cross, best delivery of the entire game in a team with some of the players we've got. But it was pitch, it was absolutely pitch perfect for Rashford, wasn't it? He put in a couple of really strong crosses in Portugal as well. Mm. You know, I think that is a game, an area of his game that's that's ignored to a degree. He does he has been pulling out wide quite a lot and 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 putting in pretty powerful, well directed crosses. Um, and as you say, it was a, it was a really good cross. But it, you should it shouldn't be taking our centre forward to to pull out to the right and and put in an absolutely wonderful cross. And we've had the same issues on the left, haven't we? Really, we tried playing uh, Blind at left back in. Um, Portugal and it was pretty horrible you know he just doesn't have that ability to get forward he's not incredibly uh, safe defensively either and we tried with Young but obviously you know Ashley Young playing at left back is Ashley Young playing at left back you, you know you might get some good delivery from him from wide but he's not the greatest defender either it, it's just it's just a, a square peg in a round hole there as, as in long and in the long term and then you're you're just relying on either Rashford or Martial playing wide left to to have an absolutely pearl a day, and neither are actually genuine wingers, are they? Really, they're both the centre of the pitch isn't isn't functioning as it wasn't today because so much talent was missing. There isn't the quality from the wide areas to bail us out, and that was painfully obvious against the Huddersfield team who just sat deep and broke on us. And in the second half, they just they just put every man behind the ball and. United just banged away hopelessly, really, with, with the exception of the goal. There, there were people saying, well, you know, OK, we lost today, but let's take it in isolation. Teams have bad days. And that's entirely true. But this bad day was caused by things that we've highlighted before. And these are concerns that aren't going to go away. I mean, Mourinho said himself this week, you know, he, if he wants another player in January, he needs a, a left wing backish type player, he said, as opposed to a genuine winger or left forward. He needs a left wing backish type player. And he's right. We need we need that quality and delivery from the left hand side. I want to sit sit here and write off today's result as some aberration that really is, you know won't happen again or shouldn't happen again. But, but I don't think it was. Um, I think it was just a combination of a number of factors. Some injuries being unlucky, but the rest is not unlucky. And I just don't think the quality is there to to win games like that. And somebody, um, Steve Armstrong, said on uh, said on Twitter today that. Uh, Huddersfield are essentially the best team that he's seen us face this season. And if you think about who we've played, I think he's probably right. We've had an incredibly soft fixture list in the league to this point. You know, you could argue still did the trip to Anfield, but Liverpool were pretty meek. And we're in the most abysmal Champions League group. So we've really not faced anybody seriously good. And, you know, Huddersfield, 
with that intensity were probably the best team we faced this season. It's true. And we lost to them. And I think I think unless unless we get those key player players back very quickly, I, I think we're gonna continue to run into the same problems. And I know it's something you can't write on social media because the you get deluged with people telling you to fuck off and support City or whatever. But <clears throat> I cannot see United keep in touch with City this season. Um, I think we're in a bun fight for the next few places with a group of other teams, all of whom have flaws. But we're going to lose a few more games like that this season. I don't think City are. I think what worries me now is you look at the fact that we've lost five points of ground on City this week. And we've got Spurs and Chelsea to come in our next two Premier League fixtures. Things are about to get real. You know, you pointed out that you think Huddersfield, in terms of uh, pound for pound, in terms of the best team, might be the best one that we played so far this season. But yeah, that that is about to change very, very quickly. You know, Chelsea came from behind against Watford. They had an awkward night against Roma, so it's very clear that with the right approach, you can get at them. You know, they will concede goals. Not everything is right there. And Spurs have generally had a pretty good start to the season. You know, they held a pretty good Real Madrid side in the Bernabeu during the week. And, you know, Harry Kane is going to score goals. You know, what are we going to do against that? There's a lot of things that need to start going right. And a lot of this is down to player performances because I don't think any of us would disagree that we've seen some absolute stinkers from quite a few players lately. You know, you've got to check the likes of... Mata, Herrera, Mkhitaryan. I mean, I don't. I thought Jesse Lingard again had a. I was happy to see him start, but I thought he had a pretty wretched first half. And to be fair, even the, it's just Jesse Lingard, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, but then again, you know, you look at Matic, who was, you know, you pointed out that it was basically Matic FC, I think, wasn't it, in midweek? But even he had a really difficult game at points today. You know, just some of the passing in key areas was appalling, and that seems to be endemic around the team at the minute which is it's it's just got to improve we've got to snap out of this pretty quickly you know if we genuinely want to go for the league because as we all know if this starts going south it's going to go sour incredibly quickly in double quick speed Mourinho is clearly not prepared to deal with this you know he wants United to be challenging as we all do and obviously there are problems with injuries. Obviously, some of the recruitment didn't go exactly the way he planned. But we are better than we have shown. Even if you don't agree that United can challenge for the title with City or not and go pound for pound with them at the minute, there's no denying that United are arguably better than we've seen in this last week. And that we've got to turn that around pretty quickly. You know, I guess you would expect to see quite a lot of these first-teamers, or at least some of them anyway, rested for this midweek game against Swansea, which Mourinho might, I guess sacrifice in order to try and keep the fixtures down because he clearly thinks that we're struggling and then try and get the best package together for the Spurs game but it's just mad considering how this week has gone that we already feel like we're in that situation and you know Mourinho was talking this week about not crying about injuries and then proceeded to list the players that were injured and you know it it just it doesn't I like the man but it's just it doesn't wash you know I, I think United have got to buck up their ideas and I think he has also got to try and make something out of the situation you know the way that he was chucking the players under the bus considering as many other people have noted so I'm not the first person to say this but the fact that he was basically having a bit of a flirt with PSG this week you know 
I don't disagree that some of the players warranted criticism and Victor Lindelof bless him had a very very difficult game today and you know it's difficult when you spend that much money on a player and on a defender when you you know you take into the consideration that Mourinho is generally quite good at buying young defenders you know Lindelof really really struggled today and he didn't have any problems on anywhere near this level in these three Champions League games chucked him into this game in the Premier League and he looked all at sea you know appalling backward header for that second goal this afternoon well, actually, it wasn't even a backward header, was it? It just missed completely. Selected. Yeah, well, yeah. there we go. The team has to step up, but I don't think Mourinho, publicly at least, is handling the situation in the best way possible. Obviously, that's hardly a revolutionary thought, but at the same time, it's not just the team that's got to improve in the situation, is it? It's something has got to give on Mourinho's side too. I think this season goes one of two ways. I think in the first season, Mourinho could rationalise to himself and to the world that, look, I'm taking over this very difficult situation. The squad isn't where I want it to be. So a degree of underperformance, you know, we can get past that. But everybody knows that Mourinho's thing is the second season and he's had enough time and enough money to significantly lift the quality of this of this te- performances and results. And to a, you know, to a degree, so far this season, we've seen that with the exception of the last last few weeks but I think if results do go south I can see things getting toxic very very quickly because you know as you as we've seen his 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 first reaction is to attack his players whether it be individuals or the collective and there's no doubt that some some players who played today and who played in the last week deserve criticism some of them have been extremely poor but I think he also needs to take responsibility for certain things himself. You know, he spoke at length in the afterwards of, about about the players not showing enough desire and drive. But he said, you know, Herrera had said this in the uh, or commitment, I think it wasn't. Herrera had said this in an interview, and he was like, well, I, you know, I can't believe this. I've never seen this before. When, as you say, he spent the last week flirting with PSG and and feeding his internet troll with stories about dissatisfaction with Woodward and transfer policy and all these different things. There's a level of hypocrisy which always follows always follows Mourinho around. And I just think if this season goes south, I think to- things could get very, very toxic and it wouldn't remotely surprise me if he was gone by the end of May. But by the same token, he could lift United again and everything will be peachy. You know, come the end of the season, we'll have improved a great deal. And even if we don't win the title, we'll, we'll be able to see progress. I don't see a middle ground. I see things improving and we, we sort of sticking around where we are in the table or things just completely unravelling because his brand of management is so abrasive. It's rather like Conte. You know, Conte's coming to Chelsea and I suppose different to Mourinho. He got them playing, perhaps by accident, but he got them playing incredibly well very quickly. But he's such an intense coach. He's so emotionally driven that... You know, we're already seeing the cracks. He's struggling. He's he's falling out with people at the club. If the reports were to believe, he's sort of losing some of the players in terms of their commitment because of the way he's driving. And Mourinho's very similar. He just can't help but being him. And and I think I think in terms of tactics today, there were there's just stuff that wasn't right. I mean, whatever that second half was, I don't know what it was. You know, quite often Mourinho does this thing. Obviously, we'd already had to sub Jones for. Lindelof, but his big flounce, which he often does, is to you know chuck his do his all all of his subs by half time. Yeah, you know, Martial wasn't having a great game, but if there was a player there that might have got us back into the game, it was Martial. Mm. I wonder if the other card played a bit of a factor in that one, though. 
It may have done, yeah. And then, you know, the formation in the second half, I, I don't really know quite what it was, but Herrera was playing at centre-back and Ashley Young seemed to be somewhere in the middle of midfield and Lingard was a playmaker and everybody else was just everywhere. I don't know what that was. I, don't, <laughs> I just don't know. Um, and it didn't look like we were going to get a goal until the goal actually came after 70-odd minutes. And then, as you say, you were saying earlier, we didn't really do anything special after that to, to make it look like we could equalise. Hmm. I'm not... I mean, it's thinking back to those performances just before the international break. You know, I was at that Palace game and whilst it was a stroll because Palace were so terrible, you know, United didn't necessarily have to get out of second gear for that. And I guess it's not necessarily a price, but perhaps it's, you know, sort of the problem that we've had with this relatively soft start to the season is that we haven't necessarily played anyone that good. Now suddenly we're coming up against teams who... But well, especially today against Huddersfield, someone a team that actually seemed quite well prepared, you know, who knew what they were going to do, followed out a game plan, hit us where it hurt, and suddenly our defence looked incredibly vulnerable for the first time properly this whole season. You know, and it took Phil Jones going off with an injury, but at the same time, as soon as that happened, we struggled. You know, we looked susceptible on the break. No one looked comfortable. No one properly knew what they were doing. And Huddersfield preyed on it. And fair play to them. You know, you can't take the victory away from them at all. They completely deserved it. And the issue now is why have things turned so quickly? Obviously, we've lost Pogba. Obviously, we've lost Fellaini. And for Mourinho, those are two big plans now out of the window. But that's not enough of an excuse for things to have turned so sour so quickly and look for us to look so awkward and for us to not properly have a coherent game plan that is focused on us actually getting the best out of the players that we have. Now, I don't know what it's going to take, but you know, based on this week, it's, I guess, because we, as I said before, because it is Mourinho, everything just feels like it's exacerbated. So because we've got two particularly tough opponents after this relatively straightforward start to the season, things do feel a little bit more intense. It does feel a little bit more worrying now to be coming up against Spurs and Chelsea, knowing if we don't get good results, then we're already slipping behind City in what is looking like a very one-horse race for the title up to this point. Now, it's very much worth reminding ourselves that City also started last season like a bullet from a gun and then tailed off as the season wore on. So it's not set in stone that it's going to be them and them alone throughout the entirety of this season. But United, as we've said so often before, when it comes to actually trying to get a you know a, a proper title challenge together, they've got to stick with the pack. And that's why you've got to get results from games like today, even when you're playing terribly. And even if it was a draw, you could say, right, fair enough, and then go into the Tottenham game and the Chelsea game with a bit of positivity and try and get the momentum back. You know, People were speaking about losing momentum based on the performance and the tactical plan against Liverpool because we basically just stopped doing what we've done so well this season, which is attack and not rely on our defence and trying to hit teams on the counter. And now we've lost that momentum. How do you get it back? And that's the question that Mourinho and the side have got to answer in this week. You know, as I said, it wouldn't shock me if he basically sacks off the League Cup this week. You know, that's not really his want, but at the same time, it's another crowded fixture in a period where he's clearly not convinced by what he's got in his team at the moment, especially without the players that are missing. So, you know, we say this constantly, but it's going to be interesting to see how Mourinho handles it. I don't think it's going to be a comfortable week whatsoever, but we are now in a situation where... United and Mourinho have to respond. This is a proper test. You know, we had something similar last year and we didn't come out of it looking great. So here we go, I guess. Gauntlet thrown down. It's a difficult fixture this in terms of what, what to do because, you know, as you say, it, it's not 
Mourinho's way to toss games off, it, particularly in the, you know, the League Cup, he, he took, takes it seriously. And on the one hand, there must be a, a big temptation to try and win that game just to get some momentum back. But the alternative is also that, you know, we have been playing an awful lot of games and he's got key players. I mean, someone like Matic, you were talking about Matic not quite being up to the same standard he has been today uh, recently. He, he's being flogged twice a week because without him, our midfield is screwed beyond words. Um, there's, there's no, there's nobody left, and you know, even if we chuck, you know, if we chuck McTominay in there, you know, Ander Herrera cannot leave that midfield. What does he, what does he do? Does he chuck, you know, does he chuck Lukaku out again? You know, does he use these key players that, you know, the ones that are left? If, if by, I mean, there's a mention. I think he said that Bailly would be back at some point this week. Does he throw Bailly into that and try and win it and get get him getting some fitness, or do we just, as you say, do we just leave it leave it alone and you know, if we lose it, it's two losses on the row. We're facing Tottenham, you know, potentially three three defeats in a row. You know, it all starts to get a bit dodgy. I mean, I guess these, these are the decisions he's paid for. You know, as you say, this was the exact point last season when things started to unravel. And there feels to be, there feels like an element of deja vu. But, uh, you know, we're, we're all crossing our fingers that we're reading it all wrong and then we'll come roaring back. Mm. Uh, maybe, I think actually... What I mean is we're all crossing our fingers and hoping that Paul Pogba comes wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's avoided giving us a date for Pogba's return ever since the injury happened. You know, he was talking about, am I unhappy? Am I happy about where he is? Uh, well, just answer the question, for God's sake. I mean, this stuff just winds me up no end. He just won't come out and properly say it. I know he's a master in mind games, but for God's sake, just give us something. Um, I mean, who knows with Pogba? It could be another couple of weeks. It could be another couple of months. The club are remaining tight-lipped. No one seems to have a proper handle of what's going on. Not even Big Dunk, Rich. So there you go. I suspect Big Dunk isn't meant to tell us. I don't know. It, there's something so strange about this the whole Pogba thing, isn't there? You know, mm. Mourinho's been so evasive and, and he gave the impression pardon, on Friday in the, his press conference that he's highly pissed off about something to do with the Pogba thing. Or like where he is or why isn't he? But I don't know. Goodness, goodness only knows. It's it's all really strange. We just there's no prognosis. There's nothing. There were conspiracy theories that he was going to suddenly reappear at Anfield and, and jump out of a cake in the middle of the pitch <laughs> and lead us to a glorious five nil victory. But it does it does just seem that he's got quite a long term injury and nobody is willing to say when he's going to come back and when he's going to be back in the country and whatever else. And Mourinho is clearly I don't know whether Mourinho's pissed off at the fact he hasn't got Pogba. And he knows how big the drop-off is without Pogba, or he's pissed off with the fact that Pogba is where he is and doing what he's doing. I don't know. It's all very strange. Mm. I think one of the things is we're all extra sensitive when things go wrong, because things have inevitably gone wrong quite badly in the last several years. So we're it, it's very easy for us as United fans to sort of fall into a bit of negativity considering what we've seen in the last few years. And again, you know, you say that we've still won several trophies and had some great memories. But at the same time, we're looking to try and progress now to actually reach at the level that we haven't been at for some time. And moments like this and performances like this and weeks like this, when they come along, they set you back a bit. And I think United look like a team whose confidence is knocked at the minute. You know, we don't. We're not playing great. We're not creating a lot. Things look a bit brittle. So it's going to be a big test for Mourinho and go. I, I, I don't know. I, I, the simple answer is I don't know how it can feel so brittle so quickly. If you exclude, if you've excluded the Super Cup, I think we've won. I think it's twelve wins. I might be corrected, but I think it's twelve wins in our first sixteen games, or something like that. 
or 11 wins in 15 or whatever. How can the players have have relatively brittle confidence? How can they be misplacing passes and not, I don't know, just not having confidence in themselves? You know, something just seems to have gone wrong this last week that's really difficult to put a finger on. Mm. Because, because if you look at it purely in results terms, they should be really happy. They should be flying. You know, ultimately, we didn't play well in Portugal, but we've just won three Champions League games in a row, and we've come away from what is traditionally a very difficult game with a win. They should be desperate to play and, in, and feeling very confident about every game. And frankly, today, we just scared shitless for most of it, didn't we? Mm. Really? It's, it's weird. It is an alarming switch in terms of the way we've gone about our business so far this season and that's I'm, I'm really cautious about not overdoing it and you know being overly reactionary because I don't think this is the end of United season whatsoever and I don't think that everything is going to come crashing down within the next couple of weeks but there are signs that I'm not enjoying at the moment I think is the easiest way to say and it's now, as I said, it's a big test for United and Mourinho to see how they respond to it. This has knocked us back a little bit. We are not looking like we we don't look as confident as we were a couple of weeks ago. We are not doing the things that made us so enjoyable to watch a few weeks ago. And it's not, a, I don't know whether or not Mourinho can switch that back on and try and get those before, I don't know if he can get those performances back quickly or not. But yeah, United have got to respond to it. Let's see what uh, our lovely friends on Twitter have sent to us with this evening's questions, Rich. Uh, Vikash Patil asks, how much can be read into the theory that Josie has cost United momentum after his approach to the Liverpool game? I think there's a degree of that, but it doesn't explain it all. No. I think injuries are a factor as well, and I think the international break didn't especially help. But I do think there, there is also some element of truth to that. It, I think it's all multifactorial. Mm. Uh, Mighty Mike uh, just says uh, international break. That is all. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't enjoy it for obvious reasons. No. Uh, <laughs> Kieran Coyle asks, when your direct rivals for the title are that good, at what point do you just think ain't shit we can do here? You're very fouled mouth tonight, guys. Uh, that was me about three weeks ago, to be honest. Well, yeah, but I, that's just who yeah. you are, Rich. I come to accept this. Um, well, yes, City are very, very good, aren't they? And it's going to be a real task trying to overhaul them. There is going to have to be a significant shift in the way that they go about things or some significant injuries to them in order for us to see them slip away like they did last year and collapse to the point where they are struggling to get top three. And at the moment, it doesn't like it's going to happen. But the season is still relatively young and United have just got to do the best they can to get anywhere near them at the moment and try and make this a competition, because at the minute it's looking distinctly unlike a competition. Uh, Tariq Amir asks, is the Huddersfield game the kind of match that strengthens the case for United bringing in Ozil in January? Creative players not firing, and United not looking sure as to how to unlock a defence. And that's on the assumption, as Tariq points out, that Ozil is indeed a target. What do you reckon? I don't see a case of bringing in Ozil at all, but other people do, so I'm prepared to be wrong. I just I don't think he's the right player at the right time for United at the moment. I mean, I think we need creativity, but I'm not sure that a near 30-year-old Mesut Ozil, on the back of two seasons where he couldn't, doesn't look like he's asked for eight out of ten games, I'm not sure he's the right man for the job. Well, our friend Mike at Mango underscore Carrot said that's exactly the kind of game that Ozil vanishes in, and I think that sums it up quite well for me. You know, you 
yeah. In what situation do you chuck Mesa Ozil into a into a game where you're losing two one and expect him to turn the tide in your favour? You know, he is much better when it comes to a situation when you're looking for a last minute winner, not when you're trying to drag yourself back to parity. When you need battlers. You don't look to Mesut Ozil. Arsenal fans don't look to Mesut Ozil. They look for someone like Alexis Sanchez, someone who's going to run, someone who can create, and someone who's got a bit of fire. Ozil doesn't have that. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but at the same time, I mean, if you think about how much money it would cost to try and prize him away from Arsenal in January, you're thinking about what? They'll probably just take the mick with the price, and to be honest, just despite us, and sell him for... No- well, because he's going to be out of contract in the summer. Let him walk for nothing in the summer. So... And I don't think at the minute, if you look at the way our creator players are performing, I don't think adding another one into that mix is, you know, of a similar temperament is really the best idea. You know, Mkhitaryan's not really with it at the moment. Mata looks shaky. You know, plenty of our players in similar positions aren't looking on their game at the moment. And whilst I know that there's great respect between Ozil and Mourinho, as you said there, Ozil's going to be 30 soon. What do you really genuinely expect him to bring into the equation that is going to be a significant upgrade on what we've got right now? I, I just don't. I can't see it really doing gr- much in terms of improvement. But if it happens, fair enough, I guess. If it works, it works. But yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway, Rich, another wonderful and positive uh, podcast. This is completely my fault because I said we should really be looking to win against Liverpool. So I'll I'll, I'll take the brunt of the blame for that one. To be fair. Yep. Rich, thanks for your company tonight. Don't forget you can get us over the internet, specifically Twitter. You can get me at at you and Lennox. You can get Rich at at RichardCan76. You can get the pod at at RedVoicesMUFC. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on, if you've got an Android phone, Beyond Pod or SoundCloud or Podbean. Pretty much anywhere podcasts are given out to people. Don't forget you can also get us on our blog at www.redvoices.net if you want to see basically anything regarding us. In the meantime, please have yourselves a very, very pleasant week and we'll uh, hopefully be talking in much more positive terms after Saturday's game against Spurs. Anyway, you take care of yourselves. Good night. Good night.